It's time for Spotlight on KRWC on a Tuesday morning. It's going to seem like Monday all day, doesn't it, Uh, because of the Labor Day holiday. But uh, uh, Tuesday morning, in fact, the second Tuesday of the month, which is reserved uh, each month for updates on what's happening with the University of Minnesota Extension Wright County 4-H program. And Kelly Stride joins us today to uh, give us a little bit of an update. Kelly, hi. Good morning. How are you? Doing okay. Welcome. Good to have uh, you on the program once again. Seemed like a a long summer and a short summer all at the same time. I think you summed it up perfectly right that way, Tim. It has seemed like it has flown by, but it um, seems like the the days drug on a little bit too sometimes. It kind of goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, that uh, nobody's ever seen uh, a summer like this, and it made for big-time adjustments with 4-H'ers. Well, that's right. Um, you know, this is, we did a, a presentation to our local extension committee last week, and the subtitle of our presentation was A Year Like No Other, because it definitely has been uh, a very memorable year, one that none of our... None of our 4-H members, but definitely not even their parents or grandparents that were involved in 4-H have seen either. So it's been a learning experience for youth and adults and volunteers all around. Well, I guess as long as, uh, you know, nobody is too worse for wear for it and uh, nobody's ill or things like that, uh, if nothing else, I guess it's a good experience, good uh, teaching time for being able to um, figure out what to do when situations like this are forced upon us. Uh, you know what? And we're really proud of all of our volunteers and 4-H members for trying, trying something new over this last six months and, um, and learning how to do 4-H in a virtual world, whether it be um, their local club meeting or their um, project learning or even their county fair or state fair experience. Um, that's one thing they can be proud of is that they definitely have built some life skills on how to do that. I guess by the time that this all rolled around, um, the 4-H members, uh, as in the student aspect of their life, all had to kind of learn how to to deal with that anyway. So the, the 4-H part of it was just kind of another dimension to it. Right. And, you know, and I think as adults that um, work with the 4-H program, either as staff or volunteers, we were... We're really worried about how kids are going to adapt to this online um, virtual experience. And I think um, I was at a meeting at one point and one of the staff members said, you know what, these kids are resilient and this is going to be no big deal to them because they do this all the time. And it's harder for adults to learn this because it's not what we normally do, but kids who are doing school online, it's just uh, just another Thing that they can do more easily that we can do sometimes. Kelly, did you did you find that most of the 4-H organizations around Wright County um, pretty much stayed as a cohesive group through uh, the spring and summer season? Maybe not meeting as frequently as they would have, but uh, keeping in touch and and keeping the well, the ship afloat a little bit. Right. Well, we did find that there were um, some of our clubs continue to meet on a regular basis virtually, um, whether through a Zoom meeting or a, a Google Meet or the, any sort of the, one of the online platforms. Some of our clubs um, took a little bit of break from their formal meetings 
Um, but the kids were still involved with um, their showcase at the county fair or even state fair experience, too. So we're at that t- point now where the 4-H year is wrapping up. We, go, we run a uh, 4-H year from October 1st to September 30th. So now we're starting to think about what's going to happen next year and how clubs are going to um, kick off their year with us. And so we have um, some leaders that are doing a really great job of helping us um, um, be cheerleaders for us and get kids excited about returning to normal 4-H programming. Is that, uh, I'm sure you had a chance to talk with other County 4-H programs across the state. Did you find that to be kind of the universal thing that everybody was just sort of getting through it as best they could? Um, that's, that's exactly right. I feel like um, many of our colleagues and ourselves included that we heard from our, our families too, especially at the end of school last spring was they were kind of, they were kind of zoomed out. That zoom fatigue is, is what you hear a lot of. And that was a reality for them. So we tried to find ways that we could still connect with our 4-H members, but still in a, in a more hands-on setting um, given the restrictions that we had. Um, so we had some really creative ways that we did that this summer. Um, and by also by the middle of the summer, we were able to do some face-to-face meetings um, in small groups too. So we were able to have some day camps that um, were out different places in the county. Um, we also had a our virtual hiking club that we've been doing all summer. It was a chance for families to get out and explore those Wright County parks on their own, um, away from a screen. And so now, uh, coming up this Friday, that virtual hiking club will actually be meeting in person for a face-to-face hike at Lake Rebecca. Well, that'll be fun to do the real thing for a change. It will be. It'll be nice to see people, too. I think that's what um, my coworker Kim and I say all the time is um, we, we got into this job because we love people. And not seeing people face-to-face has been the most challenging part for us. So when we do see people face-to-face, uh, it's, it's refreshing and helps rejuvenate us for why we love our job so much. We're talking with Kelly Stry Wright County, uh, 4, uh, with Wright County 4-H and the University of Minnesota Extension Service Office on our spotlight today. Uh, yesterday, Labor Day, would have been the big culmination of the uh, state fair. Obviously, that didn't happen, but... Uh, 4-H ran kind of a virtual option this year. So we did. Um, everyone that participated in our our virtual county fair showcase that earned a blue ribbon was still eligible to participate in the state fair virtual experience, which um, took place last week and then also this week as well. Uh, last week was our our static exhibits, which we which are considered non-livestock, so anything that doesn't involve an animal, um, those young people were still able to meet with a judge um, and other 4-H members in a group judging setting where they talked about their project and presented their project learning, uh, and they earned some feed. They earned a, a ribbon as well as feedback from that judge. So that was last week for static exhibits. Now starting today. There'll be virtual livestock showcases as well. All right, and explain a little bit about how that works. So when you, um, certainly you can't uh, showcase your animal 
face-to-face with the judge in this situation. So young people submitted um, pictures of their, of their animals, uh, like a forward view, a rear view, both side views, but then also a video of what we call the drive, where the movement of the animal um, for a certain number of seconds. And that's what they submitted to the judge. Um, so all that information, the judge will evaluate against all the other competitors in those categories. And then today, um, it's not a live show. It's live. It's more of a live results show. So that judge has seen all of the market beef animals um, from throughout the state. So today, um, so starting this week, um, I can't remember which day the market beef show is, but starting um, during the live show, it was the live results. So they will share with the, the viewers um, if there's 10 animals in that category, you'll see snippets of those 10 animals, and then the judge will give their placings of those animals in that class. And that's actually going to be streamed that anybody can watch. Um, if they would just go to our Extension website, um, which is extension.umn.edu, they can find that information there about how to access those um, different shows. And there's different species shows throughout the week. So I think today is dairy. Um, I think dairy starts today. So, but throughout the week, there's going to be different species featured at different times. We kind of forget about the fact that not only does it take uh, some new learning and maybe uh, new ways of looking at things for uh, the 4-Hers to, uh, to kind of be able to figure out a way to show uh, animals or livestock in a, a virtual setting, uh, you kind of forget about the fact that the judges also have to figure out a way to do that uh, virtually, too. Right. We've got actually there's some really great platforms out there that help judges do that um, so they can see the animals side by side. They can make those um, placements that way. Um, and most of these judges that have judged our county fair or our state fair showcases they have judged other virtual shows previous to us. And so that's been really helpful to get them to get that experience to show us, um, to have them give the best experience for our 4-H members. What's all involved in that? I'm, I'm not sure if you've uh, seen or been um, uh, available to, to view a, a showing. Do they have to do special lighting or do they try to do it outside so it's more of a natural lighting situation? So most of them, um, that's actually a really interesting fact that people have brought up and during this process. We've learned a lot through submitting the videos is what is the best place to show the, all the features of your animal? Because in a live show, a judge can go up and touch the animal, move hair, feel the animals. Um, where can we, in this situation, where can we find places where there's no shadows on your animal? Or how do you best showcase an animal that's all black or all one color um, or all white, you know, to, to show those different features that a judge needs to evaluate it. So mm-hmm. um, I don't personally judge livestock. Um, I judged some static exhibits last week, but um, we've heard from the judges is that it's been, it's been challenging, but it's also been really a challenge for their skills um, and how to evaluate those animals. But they said it's really been a fun experience for them because they're learning about um, these great projects that 4-H members from across the state are featuring. 
I'm not sure if you if you said it and I missed it, Kelly, or if um, uh, if we didn't talk about it. But are these done on a live basis, or is this recorded and sent to a judge? So they're recorded and they're sent to a judge. Okay. Yeah, I would imagine it would be a, kind of a a nightmare to try to logistically set up <laughs> multi live locations and go from one to another and. Right, and we're all uh, we're all victim to the technology and how well the internet is working at that time being. So exactly, we've had some we've we've had some challenges with our virtual showcases of of kids trying to log in, log in to listen to what the judge had to say about the results. Um, I can't imagine if we were trying to do that with um, live judging at the same time. Yeah, and you said the results are going to be available this week sometime. Right, so different species on. Um, different days, so they can check out our website, um, extension.umn.edu. They can look there for the information about which species shows are which days. Fantastic. Well, good luck to all of the 4-Hers. To wrap up, um, you mentioned that, um, at least on a limited basis, uh, some of the groups are going back to meeting in person, and I know you've got a little kind of a fall preview you want to give here. Right, so we're going to be doing uh, quite a bit of focus this fall about, on our project learning. So how can we find what spark, what interest sparks a kid and what they want to learn more about and form some smaller project groups? So if a, if a young person is interested in photography, um, maybe we have four different photography groups that are meeting throughout the county this fall to dig deeper into what it means to have a photography project. Um, So that's going to be based on the interest of our members, but also um, our volunteers and who can help support that learning for us. So we're excited about that. Um, Some people who were involved with 4-H have said to us, hey, that's like the old project meeting format that we used to have long ago. And it is that we're going to be breaking it down smaller. So because we can't have groups of 50 or 100 meeting at one time, how can we still continue that 4-H project learning? Well, it'll be, again, something new to experience, but at least uh, to some degree they can meet in person anyway. Yeah, that's really nice that we're able to do that. No, um, following our, our safety guidelines, uh, we can go back and start meeting in small groups too. Mm-hmm. We hope that uh, it just continues to go up from there, hopefully. so. We hope so, too. Yeah. All right. Anything else that we need to know about before uh, October rolls around? Well, we've got National 4-H Week that's coming up. That's October 4th through the 10th. And next month, um, we will bring a couple of our 4-H ambassadors um, for the radio. They can feature all the great things that are going to be happening to promote 4-H that week. And... Community members that are maybe families that are interested in 4-H can learn about how they can get involved. Sounds good. All right. And in the meantime, um, web address or phone contacts that they can get a hold of you. Sure. You can um, find our website at extension.umn.edu slash write, like the county name. Um, you can also contact us at 763 or extension.umn.edu slash right, W-R-I-G-H-T.
Correct. All right, Skelly, great to talk to you, and we appreciate all the info. And uh, best to all of the uh, folks in the office and all of the 4-H groups, and uh, we'll chat again next month. All right, thanks, Tim. Okay, have a good month. Kelly Stry, our guest with Wright County 4-H on today's Spotlight on KRWC.